for powers perfected in weakness. What does that mean to you? Anybody have any thoughts on that? What does that mean? When you hear that, my, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perf- my, uh, for your power is perfected in weakness. Any ideas? What crosses your mind? Good. You know, go, were you about? Oh, you were scratch. I thought you were raising your hand. Sorry. Well, I mean, and, and that's a great point because that's the other thing. I mean, I think, I think one of the most powerful verses in the Bible is when he says he humbled himself and became obedient at the point of death. You know, Christ, he took on flesh. He came down here. And we, we, we tend to forget he was fully God, but he was fully man. And he, he got sick. I, he had to have had a cold at least, you know, allergies, you know. I, and it's amazing because if, if we, you said it really well, if, if, we, if, we, if we just base it on our strengths, you know, that's exalting ourselves. It's us going through. But it, is it not amazing how Christ works through our weaknesses? I mean, it's, 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 it, and that's what he's talking. He says, my grace is sufficient for you for power is perfected in weakness to where you say, well, I got the strength. God needs me because of my strengths. He goes, no, I don't work through your strength. I work through your weaknesses because my power is made manifest by helping you in your weaknesses. I get the credit, you know, <laughs> I get the credit because if you are someone who's, you know, shy, but I make you a person who can spread the gospel, you witness to other people. That's based on my strength, my Holy Spirit working in you. Because Paul goes on to say, he's more, 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 most gladly, therefore I will rather boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. Then for I am well content with weaknesses. That's a weird state. <laughs> you know, I'm content with my weaknesses. And, you know, you know oh, hey, I'm short. You know, I, I went and saw my, my, I had cousins come down, uh, a cousin come down from uh, uh, out of state. And I, we went and had dinner with him, and we met another cousin who lives in the Fort Worth area, and we were talking about old times. In my family, the men are all six f- feet tall and above. I mean, like, they were, my uncles were like 6'3", six, 6'4". Six, my dad was 6'2". My dad was one of the smaller ones. He was like 6'2". You know, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm the midget in the family. You know, I'm just, all these other men are like this. Even the cousin that came down, he was like, standing above me and on I get my mom's side of the family high you know it's and it was always kind of weird at family get-togethers to be the one of the shortest people there but you know I it was always hard for me to hard for me to say that I'm content not just content with my weakness but you know Paul says I gladly boast about them so how do we boast about our weaknesses he's He's still working on me. You know, that old song that, you know, it's, it's, uh, I'm not going to ask everybody for their weaknesses because I know I've asked everybody about their strength, but that's work. But weakness, you know, procrastination on my part. Uh, I can't sing worth anything. Uh, you know, I, you know, we, it's amazing because how, now here comes the counselor in me. It's amazing how Satan attacks us through our weaknesses to make you feel less than. 
you know, what, how dare you, you think you can do this in church? How dare you, you know, you know, you look at that person over there, how much they do that better than you. You, you really fall short. But then Christ, it's not that Christ says, well, I gave you a bunch. He says, oh, I can work through your weaknesses. And that's what Paul's talking about. He said, I'm going to boast about my weaknesses. I'm going to boast. I'm going to go out there. His grace is sufficient because if you look at the world, you know, the world attacks our weaknesses. The world comes after our weaknesses. The, the world looks down on us because of our weaknesses. But here Christ has says, my grace is sufficient for you. You, you can make it despite your weaknesses. Uh, you know, when you look at all your weaknesses throughout the world, you know, your life and, and things, but Christ is a, I can work with that. It's, you know, because one of the things, you know, the anti-self-esteem movement that's in many of our churches, I, Christ wants us to have a healthy self-esteem, healthy self-esteem, which part of a healthy self-esteem is knowing your strengths, knowing your weaknesses, giving your weaknesses and your strengths to Christ. But it's kind of like I work on what I can work on, like my procrastination, my anger, my fill in the blank. But there's some weaknesses I have that I, I can't work on, and I accept it. What, what, uh, the serenity prayer. Everybody heard the serenity prayer? Lord, grant me the grace to help me to change what I need to change, accept what I can't change, and, to, and the wisdom to know the difference. The, the, to, to know my strengths, to accept my weaknesses, know what I can change, know what I can't change, and the wisdom to know the difference between. I can't change my singing. My singing talent will always be the same. Can't change that. Procrastination, I can change. I can work on. Anger, I can work on. Uh, you know, other issues, I can work on. Some I can't. Can't change my shortness. Can't change my bad singing. Can't change certain other things, aspects of me. Can't change that I'm getting older. <laughs> you know, I can't change the fact that, you know, what family I was born into. Can't change that. I can change how I react to those things. And so he really gives us a grace. He said, therefore, I am content with weaknesses, with insults, with distresses, with persecutions, with difficulties for Christ's sake. And here's where this is where you guys heard this before. For when I am weak, then I am strong. That's a weird statement. Well, it says, then I am strong. That's what everyone look up scripture there and see what yours says. 2 Corinthians 12, 10, when I'm weak, then I am strong. But you're strong through Christ. It's, I have become foolish, you yourselves compelled me. Let's see. Um, it's, what did I say, 2 Corinthians 12. <laughs> it's New Testament, man. I know it's New Testament. I just missed it. Second Corinthians 12, what? 10. Second Corinthians 12, 10? Mm-hmm. You're missing it. For my grace is uh, sufficient for you. My strength may be perfect in weakness. Hmm. Is that the 10th verse? Uh, the very last part of the verse 10 said that when I am weak, then I am strong. Yep. 
Now, it's not, you know, we, I am weak, he is strong, which that's still truth. But what it is when Paul is saying this, when I am weak, then I am strong, this is based on the grace of Jesus Christ. Uh, I remember hearing the story of about the guy who was a member of Ku, Ku Klux Klan for so many years. I mean, he was racist, racist, racist. He got saved. He gave up KKK, hopefully, yeah. And then he became an evangelist, and he specifically went to preach in black churches. I think that's a good – his weakness was his racism. His weakness was his hatred. And Christ's grace comes down on him and turns him into a preacher who goes and preaches to, you know, minority churches, you know, church, you know, and he becomes, you know, an evangelist, you know, preaching to them, ministering to them and things like that. I think that's what this means. When you give your weaknesses to Christ, his grace comes on you and it transfers. Well, that was Paul. Paul was the Pharisee of Pharisees, legalism, and he becomes the one that preaches liberty. He hates Gentiles. He hates Christians at the beginning. And he becomes what we call the apostle to the Gentiles. You know, it's amazing how Christ can take that weakness of yours. And that's what, when I become weak and I give it to him, it becomes a strength based on the whole, the difference is you're, the Holy Spirit is working through you now. And he just goes, I know, so maybe, you know, picture in your mind your weakness, how actually if you give it to Christ and grace comes in and takes over, suddenly you go, I can do this. I, I can really, believe it or not, I grew up hating speaking in front of people. I despised it. I didn't like it. I was, I was an extremely shy child. I would hope to believe when, as I got into the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit filled me and, and changed me. I began to become the type of person who could get up in front of class, in front of a group of people and talk. I was scared of hearing people's problems. Even when I entered ministry, the last thing I want to do is counsel. I didn't want to counsel anybody. That's just, that was too much intimidation. I like preaching in front of a group of people and not talking to them individually. Now I'm an LPC and I, talk to, I prefer talking to people on an individual basis. Christ takes your weaknesses. He takes your fears. He takes what Satan means for destruction in your personal life. And just in this situation where Paul's going, I'm weak. Help me. He says, my grace is sufficient for you. This can become a strength. And, it, and what it does, it shows the power of Christ. Because like I said, if Christ makes you the greatest singer in the world, what glory is there for you to be a great singer? But if you stink at something and Christ turns it around and makes it a strength for you, who gets all the glory? Christ does. And that's amazing. Because we also have to remember that, and I go back to this, Christ wants you to have a healthy self-esteem based on your relationship with him. He loves you. He cares about you. His grace, you being here and being that child of his, is grace. And uh, you were there the night, weren't you, that I spoke on the Wednesday night a couple weeks ago? I don't think you guys, you guys were. Where I did the thing of... Um, where I make, and this is what I do with my clients. You, you've heard this. You, you have to, I make my clients close their eyes and I, I tell them to go to a place of pure joy that they remember in their life, wherever it was. Like I had a client who went to her grandmother's bakery. She grew up and would go to her grandma's bakery. And it, would, it was just her, her secure place. And I say, you know, smells, 
you know, close your eyes. Imagine all those things. How do you feel? I feel joyful. I feel peace. I feel her, her mom, her grandmother's bakery was her safe place because her parents were abusive. And so she would always spend the summer going to her grandma's bakery and just hanging out all day. And she goes, I can smell the bread. I can hear the doorbell, you know, the, the bell over the door ring. And I, I can hear the cash register. And I, she, I, I feel the bread. I always make them go through their five senses, you know. And it's so peace and secure. And I say, Christ comes in now. And he sits beside you and he puts his hand on your shoulder. And he says, I love you. I am proud of you. You're my creation. And you are the glory of my creation. He says, I just love you being alive. That's grace. He accepts you for who you are. I mean, just, uh, we're not perfect, but remember, Christ made you the way you are. Your strengths, your weaknesses, but your weaknesses go to him. And I, I, just, I just get very sad when there are churches out there who preach a low self-esteem, which is very unhealthy, you know, not cockiness. We're not talking cockiness. We're just talking, you know, I'm a child of the king, you know. When he went to the cross, he did it for me. He did it for everybody, but we personalize it. Is it he, he wanted to have a relationship so bad with me. That's why he wanted to go. How can you not feel good about yourself? Based on, now, my sin sent him there. That's the, <laughs> you know, but he loves me that much. And he sent his Holy Spirit into my life with grace so that I become better. So I am not the person I was a year ago or two years ago. So uh, anybody have an example of a weakness in your life or a, a, a grace story that what God showed you grace to change you a little bit instead of me doing all the talking? Anybody have a story about that? Come on. I want you to throw yourself in. I wouldn't have asked if I didn't want you to throw yourself in there. Please do. change you I mean I mean I know you moved fresh start and, but I mean was there an epiphany moment was there a there was a point where I was sick of myself in, wow. where, in Kansas City where I, I was like I, I hate who I am I hate who I'm acting and I don't know how to change it unless I get a fresh start and so out of out of nowhere mom and dad are like you're moving to Texas and I was like this is like this is God answering what I did this is exactly wow. what I needed at exactly the right time you hated yourself I hated myself 
Based on the chunkiness, or just was there more to it? Based or? off of the falseness that I had put into my life, based off of the character that I had become, mm. and, and how hateful and spiteful I was against people whenever I loved people. And, what was that last part? Um, how hateful and spiteful I was to other people, even though I loved people, even though I loved the the conversation and, and the relationship. Interesting. I, I I broke it down to the point where I almost couldn't have it um, on, on a personal level. Were you bullied at any time? Pretty. I, I, I wasn't brutally bullied, but to the point where well, bullying is bullied. Yeah, bullied <laughs> I wasn't brutal. I wasn't yeah. brutal. In fact, bullying is bullied. Yeah. You're talking to a therapist then. Yeah. <laughs> so okay, and so you hated yourself. Yeah. See now that good. See, I wanted it's good that you threw yourself in there because that is the devil wants us to hate ourselves. Mm-hmm. He wants this false humility that's in a lot. Oh, you know, Christ does not want us to hate ourselves. He does not want us to hate. He wants us to hate our sins. But he doesn't want to. When we hate, that's like saying, you, like if God gave you a gift of a, a car, a needed car, God, and you said, well, I hate the cars. That's kind of unappreciative. God created us in his image, and we say we hate ourselves. That's kind of insulting God himself. Yeah. Now, he wants us to hate our flesh nature, our sin. That's not one of But for who we are in Christ, and this goes back to Wednesday night. I'm sorry, I'm repeating you. Satan, Satan knows he's going to hell. There's this, not this thing of Satan thinks I'm going to rule the universe. I'm going to beat God in this war. Satan knows hell is his destiny. His purpose is to destroy as much God's creation in the process while he's going down. And since we're the apple of God's eye, which that's what scripture says, and we're the crown jewel of his creation, he wants to taint that creation. And one of the, he wants us to hate ourselves. He wants us to look at us through that hateful eyes. And how much damage does that do to someone? To self-loathing, you know? And wow, I mean, that was... So, the, so if you had stayed where you were living, do you think you would have changed? I mean, you could have. I mean, I, mean, but, I could have. So the, the move that uh, so Texas saved me. <laughs> no, no, I mean, like, I, I tell people that. I, I really do. I feel like Texas saved me because mm. it had gotten to the point where I wasn't suicidal, but it, it became a creeping thought of the point where I just, I, I did let myself enough to where, you know, I, I had hurt other people. Not, not, in, not in a deep way, but in the sense of, like, people trusted me, and then I brutally broke it multiple times. Right. And based off of me, right. brought under the bus, or, or almost bullying them because wow. of my own. Uh, wow, that's a dark green picture you see one thing when we allow Christ in our lives the Holy Spirit to work in our lives we begin to see Christ in us and we it's okay to love us when we see Christ in us when we see him as we are wonderfully made by him you were you were knit together in your mother's womb by him personally it's okay to love that because I mean when you're loving yourself you're it's you know you're loving the you know who God made you his fingerprint on you that's very good that's I mean because that's a 
I see that's the therapist coming out with me when I'm hearing all that story about loathing, you know, because the words are very important, self-loathing, hating myself, moving down here uh, to change. But I also want to say that there had to have been some other workings going on. Just I'm not doubting the move part, but I'm just saying there had to have been some other things going on too, Holy Spirit-wise and and things like that to just that went along with the move down here. That The move helped precipitate too. You know, sometimes a change of scenery is great. Sometimes it, it is what the Holy Spirit needs. So, wow, I just, I, okay. Well, good for you. That's a good, that, that's exactly what I was looking for. So anybody else have something to add? They want to add to that? Give an opportunity. Anybody else want to jump in? Try to match his story? Anything? So everybody else loves themselves all right. No. Well, that's good. So the, let me, so God's grace, how would we put that in? He allowed you to move. I don't know. Was there anybody that influenced you during that time? Moving here? Or, or just in, in general, just someone, a, pers- a person that he sent into your life or had in your life that helped you? I mean, parents were, were a giant help, but there were, um, there was a youth pastor back in, in Kansas City that, that helped kind of guide me through that time and, and start to put me on that path. And um, I've been in touch with every once in a while, but um, I'm just going to throw his name out there because I love the guy so much. But Jared Yancey, pastor. No, 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 no. Mm. Um, but it started, started kind of manifesting. And then whenever I, I moved here, I was like, I, I've had all these important people in, in my life at that time that I felt could be important to tell me all this. And I was like, okay, I, I wholeheartedly accept it. You know, the change, the, the good, the bad, you know, I'm giving it to the kingdom of God. I'm going to make the change. I don't care what I think about myself. I'm going to trust in what God thinks about me. Right. So how old were you when you think you started the loathing of yourself? Um... And you said there was some bullying. Yeah. yeah because of the chunkiness or because of, um, I'm going to trigger him here. Yeah. It was, it was, <laughs> I, I got. Bullying is horrible. It was a couple of things. And the chunkiness definitely played a part into it. Um, I was a little bit, a little bit annoying. Um, I, lo- I love to talk and I, I would love to, I, I love to be very animated and everything. I think kids kind of found it annoying. So I, mm. I feel like it was the chunkiness, the little bit of annoyingness. It's such a sad, I mean, I mean, because it's, that night I talked about Satan for a little bit about there is nothing beneath him that he will not do to destroy a life. And that, uh, that's the story of the woman I told you about her father started molesting her at one years old. There is nothing beneath Satan evil wise that he's, that's, well, I, I don't hear saying, well, that's just too evil for me to no. there. He will do anything to destroy the thief comes to steal, kill and destroy. <sighs> It's the therapist, I know, but I think he'll. Tr- I think he has more effectiveness in destroying lives through their brain, through their minds, through what they think about themselves than any. Destroy my body, I'll go to heaven. Destroy my mind, you're going to really put me through something, you know, because I have to live in this world still. If you destroy my mind, yeah, Satan, destroy my body, I'll just go be with Christ. But it, he he does attack us through our minds and through our our, our such and you know just trying to destroy the inside of eleven year old about himself. Satan's not too 
good for doing something that evil about getting us to, and he does it to us as adults too. That's why we do need the grace of Christ, that Christ goes, I wonderfully made you, you know, yeah, you have weaknesses, but give them to me and I will turn these weaknesses into a strength. I, I can work through these. There's nothing too hard for God. Satan wants to block us from that knowledge that your weaknesses can be a strength made perfected in Christ to where a member of the KKK becomes an evangelist to black churches. Uh, that's a, that's a, that's destroying the devil's testimony. Cause he says, you can't, you can't, you can't preach to black churches. You were a racist. No, the Holy spirit just trumped Satan and said, I can do that. You know, I can, you know, I can make the worst man in the world who was a horrible father and husband to his family be the best family guy to his family. You know, I can turn a person who has anger into a person of peace and love. Uh, those are the testimonies we need to hear. We need to proclaim those. There's a, there's an 11 year old kid out there that needs to hear that testimony, you know, that needs to hear that, that you know, what Paul said to the uh, to Corinthians in another part of the book says, you were scoundrels, you were this, you were that, but that's what you were. Now you're sanctified, you're justified. And the testimony, because the one passage of scripture I didn't get to that, and I wasn't planning on saying this part. Uh, uh, well, I did say it, but I didn't quote, I didn't comment on it. You know, in the book of Revelation, I know this is a vision of the future, but I think the passage of scripture where it's mentioned is, uh, is still as relevant, and I gotta find it here. Where is it? Okay, you know, the, 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 John sees a vision of heaven. And he sees Michael and Satan and his forces uh, fighting. And he, the dragon was thrown down and he's attacking the saints on the earth. And this is a powerful scripture. I know it's talking about the future, but I think it's still true for us in the here and now. It said, and it was talking about the saints. And he said, well, let me just say it. Now this, uh, for the accuser of our brethren has been thrown down for he accuses them before our God day and night. He accuses you. You're annoying. You're chunky. You're not, you hate, loathe them. That's the accusion. But listen, this is how they overcame. I think this is the most, most powerful passage of scripture in the Bible. Listen to this. And they overcame him because of the blood of the lamb, salvation, and because of the word of their testimony. And they did not love, um, I need my glass. They did not love their life even when faced with death. So it's humility. So there's humility in there. But by the blood of the lamb, and by the word of their testimony. It is powerful. Satan cannot stand up to the word of your testimony. When he accuses you of, you're this. I go, I got the blood of Christ on me. I am no longer that. I am a new creature in Christ. I am a son of the king. The word of, his, of our testimony, even though this is a future vision, that truth is still here today. The word of your testimony is how we overcome Satan. You're because Satan will keep, you know, Jack, you did this, you did this. Remember the time you did this? Remember the time you did this? But number one, the blood of the Lamb, which is our salvation, and the word of our testimony based on that salvation says, Satan, you know, Christ died for me. That sin was on the cross. I am a new creature in Christ. I, I, I am a son of the King now. That's what defeats Satan. That's what overcomes him. He cannot stand against the word of your testimony based on the blood of the lamb being on you. And you don't love your life, you know, so much. You're not cocky, in other words. You, you give all the glory to God 
in other words. That overcomes Satan. And just like you said, and I'm really, there is an 11-year-old in the same situation you were in that's going to need to hear that testimony someday. Said, hey, I, like Christ says, I know what it's like. You sit there and you say, hey, you know, I know what it's like to go through what you're going through. Let me tell you my testimony. Let me tell you my story. And you never know who that, even if you're speaking in front of a group of people and say that, you never know that there's that one kid that needs to hear that, that Satan has declared war on him just as much as he declared it on you. And he needs to hear the word of that testimony of what God's grace did for you. He says, this was me. I was the loather of myself, the hater of myself. I looked in the mirror, didn't like what I saw. But this is what happened. When the grace of God comes on my life, it changes me. And that kid needs to hear that. And then Satan's over there going, oh, God, he's telling this story. Quit telling your story all the time. Because Satan wants us not to tell our story. That's the testimony. That's why I always ask people, you got a story to tell me, tell me. I've done that many times in classes. Well, hey, anybody got an example? And oh, someone says it, but then there's a person sitting over there in silence that what they're saying hits them right in the heart. And we never know that. That's why we are supposed to have our testimonies ready to go. And, and it doesn't even have to be a dramatic testimony of just, it's just a simple testimony. It's just, hey, I woke up this morning. I took my first breath and I was alive. Thank God. And someone in that room may need to hear that. Just that simplistic testimony of I'm, I'm alive by the grace of God today. You know, you, that person who was thinking suicide needed to hear that word. You know, never underestimate the testimony that you have. Even if you grew up from day one in church and you were the good kid, that's a testimony never underestimate someone may someone needs to hear that Satan always comes in and tries to get us to downplay our personal testimony even if it's the kid you know, i don't have a drug story or i don't have a i was never a member of a gang or anything you still have a testimony and someone needs to hear that someone you know, someone you know there's a kid that's thinking well what's this church thing what's it going to save me from? you know i mean i you know they're not into anything someone needs to hear you don't understand god's protected you for so much for a purpose and uh satan the thief comes to steal kill and destroy he's a liar and he and he was lying to you at that moment i'm just focusing on him you know but he's the one that was brave you know he he lied to you said you're you're annoying you're a, you, well there, I don't know there might be some truth that you're being annoying a little <laughs> well Satan does tell us the nugget of truth surrounded by a lie and Satan's telling when Satan says I can't sing he's telling the truth now he turns it into an evil manipulation of a lie that I have no worth because of that now he's very good at what he does he is very good at what he does. So he will take a nugget of truth about you, but then surround it with lies to bring you down. And so we have to remember that we can overcome him, one, by the blood of the Lamb, but number two, by the word of our testimony. I've always told people, write your testimony out. Write your testimony out that it starts to become a part of your, of your life that you can tell somebody. And then you trust the Holy Spirit that the Holy Spirit is going to put someone in your life that needs to hear it because that's your ministry you know you got a testimony you got a testimony someone needs to hear that someone and i think you need to be aware and i think when we're aware of our testimony we we're aware of the grace that he's given us so look at you have you ever told anybody else that story
What? What, what, what about it doesn't make you feel good? I, I just don't, like, still to this day, like, I, I try to put myself out there as being, like, this guy that has his stuff together. So sometimes it's, like, it's, it's my flesh saying it's not a good self-image still. But, I mean, whenever I say it, I always feel good. About but when you go, this is what I was. This is what Christ did for me. And I, I think as long as you keep giving glory, pointing back to Jesus, it says, I didn't do this on my own. If it hadn't been for Jesus, I'd still be loathing myself. This is the power of the Holy Spirit working in my life. When I give it to Jesus, the Holy Spirit said, so this more, once again, this is a therapist. I, 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 it's not ragged, I don't think, because you're pointing to Jesus. He said, this person you see that has a little bit more confidence now, this is because of Jesus. I, I, I am representing Jesus when I'm up here giving this testimony. I, I think that's keeping in proper balance. But it's okay. Like I said, I have no problem with you saying, I like who I am now. I, can I get better? Yeah. But I like, where, I like this journey Christ has brought me on. And because he's with me every step of the way. Jesus has no problem with that. I, I, get, re, eh, I get really mad when I go to hear different preachers, you know, talking about the low self-esteem. Oh, you don't need, you know. Jesus wants us to love who we are in him. He wants us to have this healthy self-image because an unhealthy self-image is what Satan wants. Why do we want to go into his, 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 his desires and such? The other scripture I was doing for today is in Romans chapter 5, verse 8. But God demonstrates his own love towards us in that we were sinners, Christ died for us. Everybody's heard that one. Much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath of God through him. Uh, for if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of life, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. His, see, that's all grace of, man, there's something to know. And I know Satan comes in to get us, doubt our salvation and doubt us everything. About, and once again, I'm not saying we're 100% perfect and everything's just hunky-dory and butterflies and rainbows in our spiritual life. There's, we all have something to our God. But man, when you think about it, I was dead and now I'm alive. Christ is in me. This is the happiest story. And it's, this is how I end on grace. Grace is such the joyful, happy story to where when people walk into a church, they should see people with joy on their faces. Because, I mean, I was a sinner. I was going to hell. Now I'm going to heaven. And I got work on. I got work to do. But I'm still going to heaven. You know, he, he that old child. Did you guys ever sing the song as children? He's still working on me. We sing that. But we can sing it joyfully. Said because when you consider where you were maybe five years ago as opposed to where you are today, man, this is exciting. This is joyful. His, my, his grace is sufficient for me. I don't need anything but his grace. His, if I just live in his grace, I don't need any other special powers, any other special thing. Christ says, my grace is sufficient for you if you just trust in me. My grace will get you through this. He does not give us any trial that we cannot handle. He is not going to give you something that's beyond your capabilities. He, if, it's hard to think of this sometimes. He said, but if you're going through it, you're capable of making through it because he doesn't give you something that you can't handle. Sometimes you kind of go, really? <laughs> this really feels like above my pay grade, you know, and working. But he goes, no, 
I got to believe scripture. Scripture says he does not give you anything that more than what you can handle. He may give that to someone else, but they can handle that. They can't handle what you're going through. But he says, I can do that. Well, I had a, not a debate, but we were talking about Job. And we've talked about Job in here before. To where it's really amazing how Job, uh, the book of Job, really goes against a lot of preaching today. Because, you know, people say, well, if you're going through difficult times, I mean, you're disobedient, you're not, you're not in the will of God. And that's hogwash because Job, at the beginning of Job, Job Satan's in heaven. And God's bragging on Job. Basically, from the scripture, he says, the most righteous person on the face of the earth is this guy. And Satan goes, mm, because you give him everything. Let me take that away, and he'll curse you to your face. And God says, you're allowed to do it. Satan couldn't do it unless, God, this is hard for me to understand. Satan couldn't do it unless God let him. Said, but you can't touch him physically. Satan takes his family, takes his business. Job won't curse him, comes back, and God said, told you. And Satan goes, well, you didn't let me touch him. Let me touch him. I took his, I took his business. I took his kids. Let me touch him. All right, you can touch him physically. You just can't kill him. Once again, <laughs> God's giving him permission. And then he does it, and Job does, and he's got all those friends out there going, you just curse God and die. <laughs> What'd you do, man? I didn't, don't, can't think of anything. I, well, you must have did something. And God's bragging on him. And at the end where Job, he does kind of question him. He says, hey, why is this going on here? And God says, I'll answer the question when you answer mine. Where were you when, you, when I created the world? Can you hold the world in the palm of your hand? Do you know? Can you name all the stars? In the, okay, can't, then you don't get to ask the question. But his grace was sufficient. He made it through him. His love was so great. Satan came to attack, but God said, I, it's almost kind of like God, God backed him up and said, I, I know this is going to happen. His grace, and Job only made it because of the grace of God in his life. And he, I'm sure at the time, Job's going, I know he doesn't give me anything I can't handle, but this is getting close to that. That's, this is getting close to that. Boils all over your body. I've had a boil. I've had one boil, and I'm miserable with one boil. <laughs> Imagine them all over your body. And he's kind of like going, all right. You know, but, he, but his grace was sufficient. God is pro you. He's not against you. God be for us. Who can be against us? It gets tough, but his grace is sufficient. His grace is. Any, any comments or questions? Are you playing today? Are you singing? Uh, yeah, David, you don't sing? She, she does for you. Uh, well, why aren't you singing up on the main stage? Well, we're going to turn that into a strength, aren't we? <laughs> Apparently, you can sing. If he's saying yes, you can. I love hearing her sing. I love hearing her sing. It's just like, I feel like she's a great singer, but the love, all she's a worshiper. But that's what it's supposed to be. Yeah. <laughs> and you're probably, yeah, you're probably a fine singer. I think you just, you get, so you're probably great. So someday we're going to, we're, we're going to, we're going to see Jack up there singing someday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no? No. <laughs> <laughs> you turn a weakness into a strength, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> not if you're worshiping man. No, we may want to see that. We're not going to leave. <laughs> We're with you. We'll laugh with you, man. No, see, that, see I can, because I'd be the one. We turned the mic off of one woman in a church one time, one of the churches. We, there was one woman we had to turn it away. We didn't want to hurt her feelings, but we, we, we turned her mic away. She sounded like Glinda from The Wizard of Oz. You know, that, oh, she sang like that. And, just, and the pastor was talking about, well, we'll just, I'll just kick her off the platform. I said, don't do that. And she, she was such a nice, sensitive lady. I said, what if we just turned her mic down? This is grace, because we were because it was she was bad, and it was coming across, and pastor was a little rough around the edges when it came to dealing with people. He was kind of like, ah, just kick her off the stage and stuff. I said, no, let's 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 leave. Why don't we turn the mic down and leave it to the Lord? He goes, ah, I guess we'll do. So we turned the we we turned it down. She had no idea because you know just turned it down to where it's real well. A couple weeks later. She just came and said, you know what? I, I think I want to focus on teaching children instead of worshiping. And I went, Jesus wins. <laughs> well, I just said, when you go the kind-hearted way and you give it to Jesus, I think Jesus had the solution where if we, if we would just show kindness, I think Christ took care of that. And she, and she was happy. She went to work in the children's department. She was happy as a lark in there. And we didn't have to hurt someone's feelings. And I think, I think the Holy Spirit honored that and just kind of took care of the situation itself. And I got to, I was the associate pastor and I got to tell the pastor, told you, <laughs> that was, told you. So I just, anyway, anybody comment question before we dismiss in prayer? All right, Lord, thank you for grace. Thank you for that, Lord, because that is your gift and it's such a wonderful gift. Thank you that your grace is sufficient for us, that you know, the power we need is not in and of ourselves, but is in the power of your Holy Spirit that you've given us and that we just trust in you. You can, you, you can work through our strength, but you can also work through our weaknesses to your glory. And it's all because of you, Lord. Help us to, re help us to recognize the deception of Satan when he comes in to try to deceive us and how we view ourselves so that we, we view ourselves the way the Holy Spirit views us. Yes, our weaknesses are, he appoints us our weaknesses, but it's through grace he points our weaknesses out, not through condemnation like Satan does. The grace that we see our weaknesses in is to work through the Holy Spirit. We thank you for that wonderful gift, Lord. Help us to live in that so we can be more effective for you in ministry. In your precious name, amen. All right, so I want to see you in like at least six months. Oh, yeah.
Yeah, you, you guys. Have